you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't you true. Know, certainly, like I said, coach our kids to, to do the right thing and uh, you know, play with poise, play with confidence, play with dignity, play with class. At the same time, we're not going to take anyone's shit either. We want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. Yeah. excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? All I want to do is fucking eat! I want you to eat! I want you to eat! I want you to want this shit! Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me! Welcome in to the latest edition of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, Shane, I was doing good till we hopped on this Mm. podcast. The SEC's undefeated streak in the bowl games comes to an end thanks to Mississippi State. (laughs) How disappointed are you? Golly, I know how the bearded trader feels, man. I feel sucker punched after watching that game. (laughs) (laughs) That was horrible, man. That was just an absolute... Just, I mean, it was it was so bad. It was bad for the state, bad for the team, bad for SEC. It was just bad all the way around. Louisville is not that good, fellas and ladies. Let's just get right into it. Music City Bowl, Louisville comes away with a 38-28 to win over Joe Moorhead. Now, Coach Moorhead 0-2 in bowl games, favored in both of them. Last year, remember, they lost to Iowa. But this was a game, Shane, where I know Mississippi State Jumped out to the early 14-0 lead, but hell, when they came out the gate, they were looking sluggish. Uh, Louisville, they drove it 96 yards thanks to Willie Gay. Kind of, He forced a fumble. Mississippi State recovered. Was it, So Willie Gay punches a lot more than his quarterback, so he pushed <laughs> the ball out there. And then that gave Mississippi State a lot of momentum. They capitalized on that, but after that 14 points, it was all Louisville. And, you know, I know a lot of people are not going to want to hear this. I'm not trying to make excuses for Joe Moorhead or Mississippi State or anything. But, you know, early in the game, Kylan Hill aggravated uh, an injury. And, man, seven carries for three yards. He was just totally ineffective. He came Mm -hmm. out after the game, said Nick Gibson was suspended for the first quarter. So that's why we didn't see more of him. And I think the game plan going into this one was probably – you know, a heavy dose of Kylan Hill, his final showing, wanted to break the all-time Mississippi State single-season rushing record. He was about, I think he was about 54 yards away from it. Of course, he only came away with three, so he came up short. And, you know, once that injury happened, it just didn't seem like Mississippi State had a plan B. And their defense was looking good throughout much of the game. You know, it's it seemed like, uh, let me look at the stats here, they had 12 tackles for loss usually when you got something like that you know you know you're cooking with some fire here you're doing well but then it just seemed like every third and long Louisville was converting time and time again whether it was the quarterback with his arm or 
a lot of times he was just breaking down and, and just running for that first down marker. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Mississippi State just had no answers for it. No, they really didn't. And, it, like, I think I think you're right. I think this was going to be a hill game. And, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, that's that's on the coaches, man. You know, if you got something to back you up and have a backup plan when that doesn't work or if it – I mean, what let's say he's – stays healthy and let's just say louisville loads the box or we, we still just going to run at him you know it's like some of these play calls too i don't know if that was more tommy breaking down or just terrible execution it just it felt like they were just way out of sync and and it's horrible because they had a month to prepare for this thing you know yeah and there was a dreadful stat i don't remember exactly what it was but i know it was in the fourth quarter from the time Mississippi State got that 14 to nothing lead into the fourth quarter, they had 12 total yards of offense <laughs> during that stretch. I mean, it was just – it was pathetic, all these drives. Now, they got something going here, made the game look a little bit closer than it was. Uh, but we're talking – listen to this drive chart, Shane. After 14 to zero, uh, Mississippi State – Fumble, they lost the ball. Then punt on three plays. Punt, three plays. Fumble on the fourth play. Punt on a third play. When you do something like that, uh, you're just not giving your chance. You're not giving yourself a chance to win a game Mm -hmm. like this. No. I thought that was Lamar Jackson out there for a minute. You know, they made made Cunningham look like a damn NFL MVP. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The The kid was spot on. He is not that good. Did you? I mean, we all watched the Kentucky game. You know, but man, it just felt like Mississippi State. Do you think? Well, I, I don't want to get off the subject here, but do you think uh, Shoop's defense is overrated yet? I mean, they were good, yes, when they had a lot of NFL talent, but mm-hmm. man, it just seems like when the teams are depleted of talent, he is not getting much out of these defenses. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Now, I mean, the one game basically that we saw them have all their guys was the Egg Bowl, and they looked fantastic. You know, sticking to that game plan, shutting down John Rice Plumley, But then when it went to Matt Corral, they had no answers for it. Ole Miss almost won the game. So I think you might be onto something there, Shane. Bob Shoup, you know, he's got a lot to prove next season particularly. Well, hell, I mean, no one's got more to prove than Joe Moorhead on this staff considering mm-hmm. how his offenses looked year in and year out. But it's pretty bad when you don't – now we see the product Mississippi State's putting out there when they can't rely on that defense and – you know, Mississippi State, they had a, you know, I know the schedule wasn't great down the stretch here, but they had one, three, or four. This was an opportunity to, to win four or five to close out the season, have a ton of momentum. And I'm not a big believer, you know, that you lose your bowl game, the next season's terrible. I know that's kind of, it, it feels terrible all off season, but Mississippi mm-hmm. State fans will get over this, you know, relatively soon, I would think. And I just don't believe it has a ton to do with the next season. You can see Plenty of examples out there where you lose your bowl game, but you come up back strong or vice versa. Um, but it's still, it, it's a perception sting here. And, and for those people that were already out on Joe Moorhead, this is just going to give him more ammunition, I think, given the way, particularly the offense played. Absolutely. Well, after the game, Shane, let's kick it over there to uh, Joe Moorhead kind of talked about all this stuff. And, you know, one thing I was wondering is, you know, why are they not putting in Keaton Thompson? Why is he even on this team if they're not going to ever give him a chance? I mean, clearly he's probably going to leave. You know, within I would imagine within a week he's going to be announcing 
We'll see the headlines. He's in the transfer portal. <laughs> uh, but I guess maybe they had a deal where they just weren't going to use him. Uh, on Errol Thompson, he was another one that was MIA in this bowl game. That really killed him. And I don't know if you saw it, Shane. There was Louisville players held up a sign saying, "Yeah, Louisville soft, whatever. Joe Moorhead was asked about that. I was totally unaware of that comment, and it sounds like Coach Moorhead was as well. And then he also talks about, uh, you know, the message heading heading into the offseason with this program and everything. Coach, you talk about the momentum swing when you guys are up 14 now and they got hot 31 straight for them. Yeah, uh, it's a game of momentum. You know, we uh, think we were doing really well defensively. You know, uh, you know, had trouble moving a little bit early in the third quarter, and that's kind of when they caught their fire and moved the ball and, and scored the points. And, you know, we came back a little bit too little too late. But, uh, you know, kind of hand the running back, and certainly number one is an excellent player. And, you know, we had a hard time, you know, defending him. Uh, you know, they did a nice job with the run game in some misdirection. I thought we got the ball running a little bit early, struggled a little bit in the second half, and got the pass game going. But, you know, certainly you don't want to be battling out of the hole against a team of this caliber. Maybe you talked about reads and maybe some uh, protection and whatnot, but I'm wondering if there was ever an instance when you guys weren't moving the ball in the middle of that game and you thought about playing Tom Thompson again? Uh, not in the sense that, uh, you know, what we were going to need to do was, was throw it around catch up and, and, uh, and score and you know, based on skill set we'll be available you know we felt was best uh, you know, with Tommy there and you know, came back and generated two long touchdown drives there so that, that was the thought process. Joe what was Errol's status today? I know he got on on the first play but what was his? He, I mean he it was a, an existing injury from the season and then when we cut the guys loose and they went home he was working out on his own and kind of digged it up a little bit you know trying to do extra you know he tried as hard as he could went out there pregame but so there was a, a moment in the broadcast late in the game where the uh, camera is showing some Louisville players on the sideline and they're holding up a sign and it has you quoted as saying Louisville is soft. I, I don't know if you know anything about that or if you have any comment about it. Louisville is soft. Yeah, it has you quoted as saying that. I don't because I never said it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the comment. Joe, wrapping up your second season, two postseason losses, obviously not what you want to yeah. head coach. What's your biggest takeaway from this year after your second year? We, we, we just got to stay the course and keep working. You know, I mean, certainly ending the season with a loss in the bowl game is not ideal. Uh, you know, Two years, 14 wins, uh, two bowl appearances, two wins over top 25 teams, two eight bowl victories, three successive top 25 recruiting classes. You know, a bunch of young guys that, that, that have played and played well. Uh, you know, it's uh, trying to focus on the positives. You know, I'll sit down next week and you know, evaluate every aspect of the program and see where we're at. You know, continue what we're doing well and looking to fix the things that we need to do a little bit better. And you know, take uh, you know, obviously not the positive momentum from this game, but all the things we've done well in the past few years. And, all right, Shane. So, I mean, I guess he's saying the right things here, Coach Moorhead, that is. But it's like I said, it's this is a tough one to, to swallow. And uh, until you they actually get back on the field, you know, nine months from now, as depressing as that is, uh, I mean, I I just don't think this this doubt is going to – I mean, it's just going to linger until they can kind of get back out there. That's right. And, and you know, you, 
you're gonna have to just you got to close this chapter. You know, this is this is gonna be Joe's team moving forward. You got a pretty good recruiting class coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got an opportunity to turn this thing around down there. I mean, one thing at that, you know, the commentary uh, was talking about, and I thought it was a great point. You know, they're still locking down the state with recruiting, and you know, they got a lot of mo- momentum on that end. Uh, but they're gonna they're gonna have to get something positive pretty soon, you know. They just felt like this this team sputtered all throughout the season. Granted, you know they 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 had to deal with some adversity, you know, just like most teams. But you know, when you have these that many guys missing those that many games, mm-hmm. you know, it's gonna take a toll, and it takes a toll in practice. It takes a toll during the games during the season. So um, I, I say, man, just flush it. Let's, let's let's look forward to 2020. Let's you know this is this is going to be a better year, I think, for Mississippi State moving forward. It's just I hate it for Hill, you know, as much as he he gave for that team and and to come up short, you know, even I mean he went in, he wanted to play, uh, needed 50 something yards to get to get the record, and uh, that's that's the storylines you hate you hate reading, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, last thing here I wanted to hit on with Mississippi State, Shane Tommy Stevens. I know his time obviously didn't go as well. I remember uh, you know, soon after he announced he was going to Mississippi State, remember it was the Senior Bowl director guy down there at the Manning camp saying, my God, you seen, I'm, this is the first time I've laid eyes on Tommy Stevens and he's, yeah. <laughs> he's gunning it with the best. And I mean, that proved to be a huge flop, but I think a lot of that had to do with injuries. And uh, Tommy Stevens got a little emotional after this game. You know, while it didn't work out the way Mississippi State fans or he imagined, I would I would say, uh, you know, he's very thankful for the opportunity, and you know, you could tell he really left it all out on the field today. I thought. Tommy, I know the emotions still were all coming off the field, but what what's this season been like for you? And between all the injuries and everything, and it's loaded. Um, it's been been uh, wild. Um, yeah, obviously, still uh, emotional from it. You know, nothing really in life goes exactly how you think it's going to go. Um, with that being said, I mean, it's all part of, uh, you know, the picture and the plan. And, and uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm so thankful to, uh, to have been able to come here um, to meet a, a whole new group of guys, um, you know, play with, play with guys like Landrew, guys like Daryl. Um, you know, it's, you know, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to make that decision. It wasn't easy to, uh, you know, for those guys to you know, welcome me in the way they did, and, you know, I'm, I'm forever thankful for that. Um, you know, for those guys just giving me a chance, and uh, it's it's tough, man. It's, it's, it's tough because you know a lot of people on the outside don't really understand how much you know it takes. You know, they don't they don't understand how. Uh, and, and and with that being said, I don't. It, it's difficult, but I mean, we love we love what we do. And, it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of emotion, a lot of emotion. I'm gonna miss this team. So it didn't work out the way Tommy Stevens thought it would, obviously. But uh, you know, you could tell there that he really cared, appreciated his time there at Mississippi State, and I think uh, you know he's glad he gambled on himself, even though it didn't probably materialize quite the way he thought it would. Yeah, no, I mean, Tommy. I mean, he's hell. He's had a hell of a ride, man. I mean, from Penn State to here, and with the injuries and everything like that, you know, it's just, 
he's one of those guys that pop up four or five years from now and you see him coaching in the NFL as a, you know, assistant <laughs> or something like that. And you say, like, hey, this is the next step, next up and comer. So, um, I don't know, man, that I, I hate it for him. I hate it for Mississippi state The you know, this is a game they should have won. They should have closed out the season with another victory. And, and that's really something I think this staff needed, I think this. I just think the state needed after that that news they had this week. So, um, you know, but I guess we we got to look forward to spring, man. Like I said, we got a lot of young kids and coming in, and and you know, with this recruiting classes that he has been able to put together, I, I think Mississippi State's going to be fine. I just think that uh, we're going to have to give Joe time, but. I don't know, man. His seat's going to be pretty warm next year, and if because this, this is two years in a row, this offense is just kind of sputtered. And we're, we were told that Joe's going to be the offense guru, you know, coming in. We thought uh, this was going to be a, a fun, exciting offense, you know, and it's it's far from that. Yeah, and that's definitely on him. And like you said, I mean, he's got he's going to be going into a prove it year, and he's really got to show us something here. I think, with, particularly now, he's got his quarterback. He's going to have his running back, his receivers. Uh, there's no more excuses. Exactly. All right, Shane, uh, quickly, we wanted to break down the Florida game, but unfortunately we're recording during the damn game, so <laughs> we're going to hold off. Uh, we, we didn't want to BS you guys and just <laughs> pretend we watched it or anything. We, we will, watched half. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we watched the first half. It's not going according to scheme here. Uh, hopefully the Gators rally here. We will recap that on the next episode. I promise you that. Uh, but we got a couple quick hitter, hitters here around the league before we preview this uh, Kentucky-Virginia Tech Belk Bowl, Shane. And I think the biggest news, and this is kind of a, a little nugget that uh, if you're not paying attention to the NFL coaching circles, you may have missed this one, Shane. But Ian Rappaport of NFL Media and NFL Network, he is reporting that uh, the Ravens' defensive coordinator, I was not even familiar with this guy, but he's his name is Wink. Martindale, apparently. <laughs> uh, apparently, he is a head coaching candidate for a couple of positions. Obviously, the Ravens doing outstanding this season. And why we even mentioned that on this podcast, Shane, is because apparently uh, Wink Martindale, again, that's one of the best names I've ever heard, but he's <laughs> telling people, if you, know, you hire me to be the head coach, I'm bringing in LSU passing game coordinator Joe Brady to be my Jeez. offensive coordinator in the NFL. Thoughts on that, Shane, where, I mean, last season, this guy, Joe Brady, was just – he was basically an assistant to an assistant with the Saints. I mean, he was that low. Comes into the LSU, obviously. They've got, like, the most dynamic offense we have maybe ever seen in college football. Uh -huh. I mean, he wins the Frank Broyles Award. He's the first guy that's ever done that that's not even a coordinator – not the full-time coordinator. I'm not saying it's unrealistic for this guy to be an NFL offensive coordinator. I think it's very realistic, but what are your thoughts on that? Well, Nick Saban moves to the edge of his seat, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think the entire SEC does. Yeah, that's true. Get them all up. I don't know, man. I mean, I, if you're Joe, how do you not take that opportunity? Um, you know, that's, that's big time, man. I mean, everybody's talking about Joe being in the college football. He may not, this may be the only time we see him, you know, he may take the NFL route and we, you know, never see him again. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know. Um, I guess it's like you said, it's all speculation. I mean, we're still waiting. The Joneses are meeting, you know, we'll go see after <laughs> this game, but go call Dan Mullen. So uh, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but uh, this would be a great opportunity. And I think it'd be a huge loss for LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. And here's another way I was kind of thinking of it, Shane, you, you Joe Brady, and I'm, I'm certainly not suggesting that he is not worth all the hype and all the praise he's getting. But what if a lot of it does have to do with Joe Burrow and these outstanding receivers and Clyde Edwards-Alaire and, I mean, all the pieces they got down there. The offensive line won the offensive line award. So he inherited such a good team. Yeah. I wonder if you're Joe Brady in the back of your head, you're thinking, hell, I'm getting NFL offensive coordinator jobs already. Maybe I'll just stay at LSU till I get a head coaching offer. But at the same time, you could look at it and say, you know, this offense could be – a total rebuild next season and I may my stock may drop if we're not scoring you know 40 50 points a game so he may jump at the chance just while he's hot what do you you think that could be a possibility <laughs> absolutely I'm telling you man this is something me and you were talking about last night it's sometimes sometimes the coach is there at the right time you, you know so may, maybe he's there at the right time you know everybody was talking about the Ravens offensive coordinator and how great he is you know but dude's been in the NFL forever you know nobody was I mean when they fired him at Buffalo after two games you know mm-hmm. but then you get Lamar Jackson you get uh you get uh, Ingram you know mm-hmm. I, I mean you just you 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 create a team that is perfect and is jailed and is is working and efficient and maybe the number one team in the nation, then all of a sudden they're wanting to give you positions as a head coach somewhere. So I, I just I don't know. I I think Brady's crazy not to go it, because, like you said, the talent's there. Um, but more or less, I'm not saying that he won't be good next year, and I'm not saying that you know LSU's a, a fluke by no means. But what I'm saying is. That's a hell of an opportunity and a jump. When you go from an assistant like that to an offensive coordinator in the NFL, you can't. I mean, I just don't see how you could pass that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and one thing here on Joe Brady, Shane, I, I had this clip last week. I meant to use it. I forgot all about it. But since we're talking about him, I thought I could still bring it up. I just thought I just love this clip. I believe this is Terrence Marshall. He was on the set of SEC Now leading up to the Peach Bowl. And he was asked about Joe Brady coming in, installing the offense, and uh, I, I just really like this clip. When this offseason did it click for you where you said, wow, this, this offense, this passing game, this team has a chance to be special? Was it in a team meeting? Was it in an offensive meeting, receivers meeting? What happened when you thought, wow, we got a chance to really do something? Um, the first day Coach Joe came in. Um, day one. Day one. He put out the uh, playbook on our table. We look at Flipping through the, Wait, how flipping through the page. Look, look, look. right here. Yeah. So we looking through it. I'm like, okay. Pass, 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 pass. <laughs> like, okay, we kind of like this. We, we running a spread offense now. So then we putting on Saints film. We watching Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, uh, Ted Ginn. We like, okay, all right, we got, we got something right here. Then we doing RPOs. We never did RPOs in LSU offense. So we like, okay, okay. Oh, this we spring, know. Then spring start. <laughs> we beating the defense almost every single day. And we like, okay, all right, we got something now. First game, first uh, drive, touchdown. All right, we were like, oh, yeah, we got something right here. Yeah. We got something right here. Then me, Jamar, Terrace, Joe, Clyde, 
all of us just uh, we were just so excited to be putting in this new offense. All right, Shane. Yeah, if you're a receiver, why wouldn't you love this uh, Joe Brady offense? Nothing but passing. That <laughs> that was something LSU had been promising for damn near a decade, and they finally got it, and it's paid off big time. I love it, man. He goes like day one when I saw him. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool, man. Man, this isn't it crazy? I mean, just how how much it's changed in one year. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's why they're so good? I mean, do you think this offense is really catching everybody off guard, or do you think it's just talent? I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this it's not like they're inventing new plays or new schemes down there. It's just they're just so damn efficient when they're doing it. Do you think? Do you think we're overreacting uh, on the coach, like something like you were saying, the coaches in the playbook? Do you think it's right now? I mean, that is just so hard to say, but you know, I could, I could honestly see it both ways because you're top, you know, obviously Heisman winner, Belitnikov winner, offensive line winner, the tight end is looking amazing. He's never played this well, Moss. You know, yeah. But at the same time, all those guys were there last year, every single one of them. It, none of these are new players, so. Yeah. Why were they not doing it before? Maybe I mean, maybe they were just being misused, but I mean, all they did was add Joe Brady and it's just changed everything. So I really do think it probably comes down to him. And of course, the players, you know, buying in, developing, taking a they've all taken a huge step. But yeah, he's he certainly seems to be the one thing they were missing last year. Okay. All right, Shane, let's uh, jump on down to Columbia, South Carolina here real quick, where Sounds like the Gamecocks are building a pipeline to Colorado State, Shane. (laughs) We hit on it in the last episode. They added the quarterback, Hill, who we think uh, is going to be a valuable addition. And now they're adding fullback named Adam Prentice. And, of course, I would assume I didn't know this name. Most SEC fans, I assume you didn't know this name. And, you know, it's not like you're adding a fullback, you're going to win the SEC now at South Carolina, but – I just think it's important that here we got two players from Mike Bobo's former team coming to the system. You know, anytime you bring in a coach that wants a fullback in today's day and age of college football, they just don't make many fullbacks, you know. (laughs) If you want to bring a high school kid in to play fullback, you can attempt that. But, you know, fullback is such a a mental position, I would say, to where, you know, you've got to know blocking schemes, passing, running – it's just such a complex thing. Uh, I, I just think this is another great pickup here by South Carolina. May not be a game changer now, but I think as the season comes along, it's really going to help them because I don't yeah. know of any fullbacks they had on the roster and obviously none that know Bobo's system. And it also says, you know, I think this more credit to Mike Bobo, who he is as a coach, that he's got all these – now he's got two former players following him. I mean, I think that speaks yeah. to him as well. Here, during his press conference, this is amazing, someone dug this up. Mike Bobo was asked about it, you know, hey, this fullback you had, (laughs) can you see anyone like him on the roster? And uh, Mike Bobo, it's just awesome that we have a little clip now of him talking about this former Colorado State, now Gamecock fullback. Bobo, from kind of the film you've watched, have you at all spotted an Adam Prentice type on this (laughs) roster? And is is there You know who Adam Prentice is, huh? I, I, yeah. I watched I watched a couple of your okay. games. Um, he does and, a lot of research. Yeah, yeah. and He's is a good player. 
and is is that type of player someone you'd you'd like to have in this? Well, uh, you know, Adam Prentice, for you guys that don't know, that didn't do your research, uh, he's a fullback for us at uh, Colorado State, and if you've seen a lot of um, offenses I've ran, we played you know with a fullback and had a two-back running game, and you know, quite frankly, a lot of teams don't defend a two-back running game anymore because they're defending spread, and it's something you know teams don't practice all the time. The fits that you got to fit as a defense versus two-back. Uh, but there's things that you can do, and you know I don't know if we have that guy on our team. You know, a lot of times it's a you know at Georgia it was a it was a walk-on linebacker. It was a you know it was a guy that quite you know it was a, a quite wasn't fast enough to play linebacker, a tight end that you know wasn't quite long enough. Uh, you know, so I think you can find those guys. They got to be unselfish guys. Uh, but you you know they've kind of a guy like Prentice was a guy that was a little bit more than a you know a, a six lineman. He could do a lot of stuff. Uh, he could play. You know, a wing force. He could insert. He could catch the ball. Uh, but I feel like I feel really good about some tight ends that we have on this team. Uh, you know, the last uh, couple, last two years before this, we were a lot of twelve and a lot of eleven. And uh, this past year, because of injuries, we played a lot of twenty-one without Apprentice, and he did a good job. So I think you got to adapt to your adapt to what you do. And there's things you can do with a tight end uh, and insert him. Uh, not not as a true fullback, but uh, insert him and, and try to run some zones where you divide the defense. Uh, but that's, you know, what we're trying to figure out right now. All right, Shane, so fullback's a dying position now, but uh, Bobo's <laughs> bringing it back to South Carolina. Thoughts on this addition? I love fullbacks, man. You know, <laughs> I just think they need to come back. I, I'm a huge fan. I grew up watching uh, like the the two back system with like Mike Allstock, work oh, done, yeah. mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. That was like the yeah, you know. I, I hope this kid has a neck roll and everything. I hope he looks <laughs> like the '90s, you know, <laughs> like Will Bartholomew there at Tennessee. You know, just mm-hmm. uh, I. I think it's fantastic, and there's a lot of there's a lot of times that you see a team there on the goal line. I know as a Tennessee fan, I've seen it many times when you'd love to have a fullback and a running back, and that's a touchdown, you know. And and when you're not equipped and you don't have that position, it really hinders your playbook. I think in the red zone. So I, I love the two back system, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what what Mike uh, draws up next year with these guys. Yeah, and I just I really think this is going to help the Gamecocks in spring practice, particularly with two guys that totally know the system. It's just it's just going to help that whole unit. Yeah, for sure. All right, Shane, let's jump on down to Fayetteville real quick, where I wanted to make this note. I mean, we've been hyping up Sam Pittman, Shane. A lot of non-Arkansas fans probably think I'm crazy. <laughs> this latest news, Shane, this has really got me excited here because the nation's top uncommitted quarterback prospect is a kid from texas by the name of malik hornsby he's down at the all-american bowl the game that uh, used to be known as the uh, army all-american game now it's just the all-american bowl mm-hmm. but, but he's down there elite quarterback and he apparently is down to two schools shane baylor and arkansas Gee. and once again i mean you're talking an all-american type quarterback you think there was many – I mean, I know Chad Morris is – and he. it took him a long time to even get his son committed. But <laughs> <laughs> you think any of these All-Americans were wanting to come play for Chad Morris? I, no, they were not. And once again, it's not taking Sam Pittman along. And if you want to look at it another way, this is something – I know the, most Razorback fans probably don't give a shit who the New York Giants hire, but 
Apparently someone that's very high on their board is Baylor coach Matt Rule. You got to think if that's the move they make, can't imagine Hornsby's going to be going to Baylor. So, I mean, Arkansas, and he just said, Malik Hornsby here, uh, that uh, the main reason he's interested in Arkansas, I don't think he's ever even been there, is uh, the offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles. So once again, Shane, that uh, offensive coordinator hire may be huge for Arkansas here. What would be your thoughts if Sam Pittman and the Razorbacks, you know, hell, about two weeks ago, remember they had like the nation's 113 recruiting class. If they turn around and sign the top uncommitted quarterback prospect, I mean, I'm pretty fired up if I'm a Razorback. Oh, dude, that's like that's like you're the only Christmas present you want, you know? It's <laughs> like, just give me a stud quarterback, and then we can grow around him. And uh, I think they got one here. If they, if they, I, I'm sure Sam's doing everything he can, man. He's eating steak dinner down there every night with him, you know? <laughs> I mean, I think this is gonna happen. But I think the biggest news was, like you said, I think rule uh, just because it's not just it's not just one team. I'm hearing at multiple teams at the NFL uh, that he's going to be that he's going to be coaching next year. And I think Baylor, I mean, Baylor's like a stepping stone. If you look in the past, you know, mm-hmm. it's the, these guys move on to bigger, better things. So I think that that could change everything. And I'm sure Sam's right in his ear letting him know. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane. So, like I said, we got only one bowl game to break down here on Tuesday. It's going to be an early one. I hope our uh, loyal Kentucky fans are taking the day off or DVR <laughs> and staying off social media because uh, Kentucky and Virginia Tech meeting in the Belk Bowl, Shane, at noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central for me. Thankfully, that's what I do for a living. So, I'll, I get to watch <laughs> it at work. But uh, Virginia Tech. Favored by two and a half points over the Wildcats. That's pretty crazy, but seeing a lot of confidence from some of these hokey people on Twitter calling me out for saying uh, Kentucky's going to beat the hell out of the Hokies here. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Shane, leading up to this game, apparently there was some kind of, uh, I don't want to call it a fight because I don't believe there was any kind of punches thrown or anything, but apparently there was some kind of verbal altercation and, it's it's really pissed off Kentucky. I think even Mark Stoops had to tell his his team, you know, to back down and just say, you know, hold that for the game. Lynn Bowden's come out and said it kind of ruined the weekend for him. So I'm not exactly sure what old Virginia Tech did. We're gonna jump to Lynn Bowden here in a second, but he sounds like it was he was affected by it. But thoughts mm-hmm. on that shade? Where here we got we almost got uh, Virginia Tech and Kentucky getting into a fight leading up to the Belk Bowl. I don't know if what I saw was the reason, but you know, there's there's a video floating around on the Twitterverse, mm-hmm. and uh, it had a couple of Kentucky players walking. Uh, appears to be Virginia Tech. I, I didn't, you know, that I can't see anything, but they were saying some bad words, talking, basically saying they're soft, <laughs> and uh, thing got heated a little bit. So I think that's what what happened. These guys had just crossed paths when they got there, and I think that's the last thing you want to do with the Big Blue Nation, man, because this is a daggone family, I'm telling you right now. And uh, this, if, if, if these boys weren't pumped up for this game, by gosh, they are now. And I'm telling you, galvanized. <laughs> so you better watch out. They, their quarterback don't even want to talk. He just wants to go out there and punch somebody in the mouth, you know? Yeah, and I mean, going into a game like this where – Kentucky 
is, you know, they're not, it's not like they don't have talent, but they're not, they're not a team that uh, is just going to line up and out talent you. They're a, yeah. they're a gritty team that's going to hit you in the mouth and they're going to hit you in the mouth. And then on third down, guess what, Shane? They're going to hit you in the mouth. I mean, that's <laughs> like all they know how to do. That's a team you want to piss off going into the game. Good luck, Hokies, because you're going to need it with your two-point <laughs> yeah, spread. Right. Uh, this is this is the wrong thing to be sending. And I know Virginia Tech kind of went on a uh, – I don't want to say a tear here. They won three of their last four uh, leading up to this game. But I, this is just hard for me to believe that uh, you want to fire up Lim Bowden. That's exactly what you've done. Uh, let's kick it over to Lim Bowden after this. Uh, you know, he's he's been asked about Virginia Tech. He don't even want to mention them. He's asked about uh, his legacy there and, and the motion going into this game and how he plans on leaving Kentucky on, you know, every year. He's been there. They've been to a bowl game. He's 1-1 one and one in bowl games. He's looking to go 2-1 and one his final game here. Virginia Tech's defense, what do you see against them? I don't want to talk about that. Maybe I thought it all in about the emotion of tomorrow before and after. Are you going to no practically emotion. try to? No emotion. <laughs> Maybe after the game. Y'all come holler at me after the game, but right now it's just <laughs> my mind set on something. Your legacy is Lindbowden at Kentucky. Everything you've done, what do you hope that that is when people look back at what you've done in that blue and white uniform of Kentucky across the chest? I just want people to think when they, when they see, see or hear Lindbowden, straight dog. That's it. Where this program was when you got here and where it is now, on the brink of winning two straight How much has it grown since did you know since you've been here? Uh, Coach Stoops, you know, uh, he he put the pieces together. You know, he had the puzzle pieces, and you know, he never looked back. Um, ups and downs, you know, that's that's always gonna come. So just putting it all together and becoming a better team. That's it. Do you talk to any of the scouts? And what's been the feedback? I guess. Playing this game tomorrow, that's really what I'm worried about. However, they're going to take me. That's just how they're going to do it. Do you have to come as fun as this season, man? I mean, it's, it's had, had a lot of adversity, but you all fought through it. How much fun is it for you guys? So it's been fun, you know, through the ups and downs. You know, it's just made us a stronger team, you know, stronger young men. And, you know, we had a lot of fun, so. Why was it so important for you to play in this game? Because they're my boys. You know, I ain't going to leave them out there with one last fight without me. So if I'm the alpha dog, I got to go out there and perform. <laughs> All right, Shane. So I, I love this passion from Lim Bowden. No chance that he was going to sit this one out. He's the team leader. He is the heartbeat of this team. And now he sounds like he is pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, good luck. You know what? Yeah, no, they are they are so fired up right now. Is is Cash even playing? I think he got hurt, right? He 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 may be doing something in there, you know, just getting them all rallied <laughs> up and getting them fired up. I just I don't know. You I seen this video and and every clip that I've seen from Kentucky players since then, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, man, they they I've never seen them so daggone angry in my life. And I mean, they hate Tennessee. And that week, they ain't even act. They hate Louisville. You know what I'm saying? They they made comments on Louisville, but this is just they're wanting to make a statement in this game. So 
If you're a gambling man, that two-point spread, you know, is a little tempting. <laughs> well, I just think that's the way Mark Stoops has his program. I mean, they always got a chip on their shoulder. I think they look for a reason to have it, and Virginia Tech's giving it to them. Yeah. Uh, we also got a clip here from Mark Stoops talking about Lim Bowden. Uh, let's kick it over to here. And, and once again, even though they're on the road here, Shane, I think uh, they got Mark Stoops in the middle of a shopping mall or something. Well, I think, once again, it just builds on what he's done. I don't think anybody will ever forget for a long, long time the way he's played, the way he's laid it on the line for his teammates and for this program. And so we're grateful for Lynn and what he's done and what he's meant to us and how hard he's played. And I know he's getting to that point, just being around him the last day or two. It's, it's you know, he's, he's he was really uh, wanting to enjoy this experience, spend time with his teammates both back home and here. But uh, for him, I can see it in his eye. He's ready to go. He's ready to get, get this game going. All right, Shane. So if you could hear him over the uh, mall patrons there, I mean, he's pretty fired up about Lim Bowden and everything he means to this program. And, uh, you know, I think it's funny how Mark Stoops is kind of keeping it casual here and real respectful because I can only imagine the things he's saying in the locker room leading up to this game. And I think uh, because he's got an edge to him, that allows his players to kind of take the field with that same mentality. And that's that's why Kentucky always plays this way. <laughs> you know, I I know this is off subject, but it's it's so funny. After all this, like Coach Fuente is all he's talking about is how great Lynn is. You know, he's just <laughs> just total praise. Like every every article you read, every time you see him on there, he all he's doing is just telling you how great Lynn is and and you know he's so daggone mad his players started this little <laughs> you know it's like Kentucky's a feisty little bunch, man. So uh I'm sorry. Um what, what are we talking about, Coach Stoops? You know, I can barely hear him, man. What did he say? He, like you said, Coach Stoops, as much as I love the guy, it's like we cannot find a microphone to get near him. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> how big is the paparazzi down there, man? <laughs> then, Shane, who you got winning this one? Remember, uh, Virginia Tech, two and a half point favorite. I'm surprised that line hasn't uh, swung the other way by now. But if you're leaning Kentucky, I mean, you're getting some points here. Yeah, I think it's a lower scoring game uh, just because Kentucky's going to do what Kentucky does, and that's that's maintain the ball, keep possession, keep the chains going, keep the clock moving. Um, I've got Kentucky winning, and this isn't – I'm not going to say that it's just out of hand, but I just don't think it's ever really a ball game. So i got Kentucky winning this 31. That's right, i got – Chance poor making a field goal, and I've got uh, uh, what's her name, Virginia Tech. Yes, sir. Fourteen. Ooh, yeah, I like a lot of what you had to say here. Virginia Tech, like I said, you know they've been doing fairly well down the stretch here, but then you got to look at some of the teams they're playing. I mean, they they shut out Georgia Tech, they shut out Pitt. Uh, Georgia Tech was no good this year. Uh, Pitt. I mean, I think they went to a bowl game, but who who in the hell knows? And then here you go, They when they face teams like Notre Dame and Virginia, who are, sol- I guess, solid ACC teams and, and independent teams, they're losing. So once again, Virginia Tech here, once they meet a non-ACC foe here, I, I definitely think Kentucky – I was leaning Kentucky by, you know, a point or two going into this until I heard all this stuff about uh, – pissing off Lim Bowden and everything like that. So mm-hmm. I got to lean a little bit more towards you. 
I think uh, just given the fact that Kentucky is probably not going to be able to throw a whole lot on Virginia Tech, I'm not going to go as high as you, but I'm going to say Kentucky wins it 27-20. to I think it'll be a close one, but in the end, Lim Bowden seals it with his third touchdown. I'm predicting three touchdowns. Their MVP honors in his final game as a Wildcat, and Kentucky gets that eighth win of the season. Nice. <laughs> do, do you think we see any uh like do you think i, I think this thing's gonna get ugly man this could they may even fight at the beginning of the game oh yeah without know? a doubt I, it's gonna be a chippy one and bud foster's last game virginia tech defensive coordinator he's been there for about 30 years calling the defense mm-hmm. but i, I think they, he, they're gonna send they're gonna ruin his damn final act here I, and it, <laughs> that'll be glorious Oh, uh, and it's at 12, so you don't have to wait all day for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and get this one out of the way, and then the rest of it. Is there – what else is on? Uh, why did we get bumped here? Yeah, there must be uh, several games here for, you know, New, it's actually New Year's Eve, so that's oh. – that, that, <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's a good that, one. That may be the reason why, but, uh, you know, that's good also for SEC fans because they won't – you know, they'll free up their evening to, to do whatever they want because on the following day there, Shane, we got multiple SEC games. We got Georgia, Alabama, who else? We we got uh, Auburn. I mean, we got uh, so many games coming up here. It's going to be pretty exciting. We're going to be breaking all those down in the days to come here. And don't forget, we will hit on that Florida game once we actually know who wins it. We don't know who, <laughs> we don't know where that one stands at this moment. But uh, looking forward to it, Shane. I know this was a little bit of a shorter one, but we want to hop off here and watch this second half. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Uh, if you get an opportunity, the ratings and review really do help us out. And again, I'm going to read those Friday. Um, and, you know, get a five-star rating and get us your address. We'll mail you out one of these new koozies. Did you see we got a, a koozie at the bowl game, Mike? Yes, sir. So the koozies this bowl season, if you want your team to win, you want to go undefeated, you bring that SEC podcast koozie down there. I mean, hell, it's it's a proven it's proven winner, Shane. We're Absolutely. 1-0 this bowl season. We went down to the, the Texas Bowl. We had a... Had us in uh, Maroon Koozie down there. Yeah, buddy. Yes, we want to give a shout-out to a loyal listener here, Philip Golden. He was the one down there at the Texas Bowl uh, supporting our podcast down there with the Koozie. Glad the Aggies got that win. You want to get the win, Shane? You got to (laughs) take that Koozie down there to your bowl game. So give us a five-star written review and uh, share that with us. We're happy to send you a koozie free of charge on us. That's just our our way of uh, showing appreciation for all you guys. We really appreciate all the support we get from you guys. Uh, But that's going to do it for this one. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Shane, for joining me. I'll catch you on the next one, buddy. All right. See you, guys. Go balls.